as you said, if we see a man being vulnerable, it's seen as weak. And being a provider in the family, we don't want to be seen as weak. And if we're vulnerable to our kids or vulnerable to our wives, are we being seen as weak or strong? And sometimes it's a tension. And going back to this whole diet culture mentality, what I, you know, being open to, to change and to my daughter, I've already had to protect myself around it and, and how I talk about food. I, the way I talk about it with my clients, cause she's hearing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have my own distorted history of body image history. Um, and that goes to my vulnerability. I was scared to talk about it with people. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are flying along, I feel like, in this season. Just great guest after great guest and continuing to have so many wonderful conversations around manhood, masculinity, and all things that that explores. And I really hope that you found value in a lot of the things that we've been talking about. We've been giving a lot of great feedback. Guests have been getting a lot of good feedback. So clearly, this is a topic that we want to continue down. And I'm fortunate that I'm a part of a few really great communities of men, one such being uh, a mastermind called Iron Sharpens Iron. You've heard me talk about it before. And uh, through that, uh, I meet with uh, a group of 10 guys on a weekly basis. We do typically that over Zoom. A couple times a year, we get to get together in person, but that is part of a larger network of masterminds. Uh, there's about 150 guys there. And that's how I met this gentleman, Tony Castillo. Um, I was in one of our our, uh, groups and uh, looking just for some other guys to chat with on this topic. Tony responded, that's how we connected. Interestingly enough, uh, up until four minutes ago, we've never talked by phone. So that's pretty cool. And he dropped like a bomb on me when we got talking, which is really awesome. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having him today or here today. Uh, he's the owner of, uh oh, I already forgot. He'll, he'll share that. He is a sports and nutrition coach. That's what's helpful. Um, and so uh, we're going to dig into probably a little bit of that. Him as a husband, him as a father, he has actually a pretty crazy story there and uh, how he's demonstrated some of that. Uh, but for now, Tony, what up, dude? Welcome. Ryan, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be part of this podcast with you. So thank you for even allowing me on. I'm excited to connect more with another ISI brother um, and even talk more about that and loving that exploring masculinity. Uh, and I dropped that bomb on you. I can't even tell you how many times um, I've spoken with guys that aren't even open enough to do that. So I'm glad yeah. that you allowed me to do it. So thank you for having that open space um, to be able to share that with you. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's really cool. Uh, for those of you, you won't know this, except that I'm going to say it is uh, Tony is currently spending three months uh, in Spain right now. He took his wife and his young child to go live there for a few months just to experience that side of the world. He's from the States. And so he's finishing up that tour now. Yeah. And maybe by the time this goes live, he'll be back in the States uh, anyway. So it's pretty cool that uh, that he's there. Um, okay, so we have been opening uh, every episode of this season uh, with one version of this uh, question. And so I'm going to pose it to you as well. And we'll see yeah. where this goes. And so for you, Tony, when I say manhood and masculinity, uh, what what kind of definition, thought, kind of idea comes to mind? Like, how do you encapsulate manhood and or masculinity? 
in one word, in one sentence, how, how would you like me to encapsulate it? Buddy, you're the guest. You get to do whatever you want. <laughs> I would say provider. Um, okay. I, I would say provider almost 100%. Uh, the reason I say that is because that's how I saw my dad show his masculinity. He was not someone that goes to the gym. He's even struggling to get consistent with his walking um, but to me, he provided for me in a sense of financially, he was able to provide for us. Um, physically he provided for us and spiritually as well, by helping me learn more about God and my family, he provided for me and my, I had a sister who had down syndrome. So providing for us financially was huge in a sense to allow us to live our lives, um, being able to go visit him. Um, cause he lives in Dominican Republic and I live in the States. Mm-hmm. So being a provider, I think to me is what shows what true masculinity is and then also openness uh i when i first started my business as a dietitian i was always told working with men is the worst idea you can do because guys never open up uh it's always easy to work with women ryan uh and i don't know i've always been attracted to working with men because of myself wanting to help other guys so being openness shows what true masculinity is because Mm. it allows us to really get to know one another instead of hide behind something. And I also learned that from my father and other men in my life because they were open enough to, to be honest. Mm. And it's, it's a scary thing to do all those things. So I think masculinity is so much more than what we see in media. Mm. Uh, Cause in my head, I would see media as masculinity being strong. Um, (laughs) And that's really it. But Strong and, and quiet, I would say, if we look at the TV dads or movie dads in the past, mm-hmm. um, but not really open, heartfelt until they really needed to. Or maybe it's just in more chick flicks that I'm watching now with my wife. Yeah. But um, those would be the things I see as masculine as masculinity. No, that's good. Okay. Um, lots of things that I, I hope to touch on just from what you said right there. But uh, one thing you talked about was the difficulty in working with men. Uh, and I'm sure that's particularly in, in your space of health, fitness, nutrition. Um, you know, we see um, the, the market uh, to women is insane in that regard, right? I mean, I, I almost feel like they're preyed on uh, because they are such easy targets for get in shape, be in shape. There's this um, uh, kind of um, thing that's projected onto them that if you don't look a certain way, if you aren't a certain way, then you're not a woman or you're not enough of a woman, and which is awful and it's just totally torn them apart. Um, and so as a result of that, they all respond, they all, they buy into like just the most garbage things at times because they're just trying to do anything. I mean, a lot of them invest into really good things too. I'm not going to say that that's not true, but, (laughs) but they're just, they're all in, uh, on, on the other side from a men's perspective or a male's perspective, it, it is a lot different. And we see a lot of things catered towards men, but it doesn't seem like there's as many men invested into that. And so why do you feel like that's the case? I have a lot of opinion and idea, but I would love to hear from you, somebody who's been involved in this space for for quite a while. Like, why do you feel like there's such a barrier to entry there uh, to attract men uh, to get healthy? So I got my master's in nutrition from there. I went to go work at the university of Florida because I love working with athletes. So mm. I worked with Olympic athletes and I, it'll get to where I'm going from there. I went to go work in professional baseball with the Toronto blue Jays as a dietitian. And wow. obviously in the university, like Joe of Florida, Carter day, Toronto, no, blue I Jays? wish, I wish <laughs> <laughs> Vladdy jr. Some of the new, the new bloods oh, is who I worked okay. with. They were coming up. 
um, through through the uh, minors. Okay, cool. Uh, and then to the majors. So I would say what happened when I worked at Florida, it was a lot of women, but men came to me because they needed to improve their performance. Mm. Not their looks, not their health, their performance. Then when I went to baseball, they even had to open up more because they wanted to get to the top tier. And it's almost like men aren't told to care about their health until it's already too late. And we're talking mm. about colonoscopies. We're talking about heart health. We aren't told to worry about it till it's too late because our our parents were never told to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, why? What's what? What's going to make you better? So I think it's because we haven't been taught that we need to worry about it. It's almost mm-hmm. tough for guys to go to the doctors. It's tough yeah. for guys to talk about going to therapy. It's tough for guys to talk about anything that's making them better. It's almost like every conversation I've had with some of my friends when I was in college or high school, it's all like, hey, how are you? Good. Okay. And that's the end of the conversation when there's so much more to be spoken about in health, in fitness, in life in general, right? And that's one thing I've seen a lot from the ISI guys that they're so open. I remember the first call, I was like, oh my God, listen to all this openness. He's got, like, it shocked me, right? Yeah. So I think the reason why is just because of our past. And we're trying to break that with, I think, our generation and our group of guys that we can break it. And I think mm-hmm. it's, that's really, in my opinion, one of the strongest reasons why is because we were never taught that it's okay to do that. Yeah. We were taught to sit back and just take it and whatever comes our way comes our way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really respect that because I think it's really easy to just accuse, you know, you're ignorant, you're stupid, you're whatever. That's why you're not doing it. And, and some yeah. of those things are probably true of some of you, yes. but um, you know, it, it's because it was never presented. To, we, we were never taught how to do it. And I, and I think that it probably comes down to, we were never taught to be vulnerable uh, we were never taught, you know, you, you brought up the word open and openness uh, to start like this, this, you know, part of your definition of being a man. And I don't, I don't think that there there's ever been, at least during our generations, as I think about uh, kind of like a history of generation um, recently, I think of the boomer generation, which was at war. Um, there was a lot of survival. And so there was a lot of grittiness, right? This hard shell that was kind of built up, uh, coming out of that, it was kind of survival of the fittest, right? I mean, they were on the, obviously the back end of the depression. And so like, everything was just like, I'm trying to do everything I can just to hold it all together and hold it in. And so then I guess my generation, Gen X came up behind that and they, they did experience love from their families for the most part. Um, but, but still the men weren't really taught how to open up because they were just seeing what was modeled for them, which was closed off protected. That's where we got kind of the, the John Wayne image, which I do yes. love, but you know, yeah. there, there's some toxicity <laughs> to it. And so as we just kind of trickled down, um, it's like, how do I even open up? And so Now I haven't been taught how to open up. And then on top of that, I'm afraid to, because to be vulnerable demonstrates a level of weakness, uh, which inside of Christianity and the church, we're taught like that's actually a strength is to demonstrate weakness. But even inside the church, when we read those words, we're like, nah, that's still not going to be me. So there's just such a tension to, to opening up, which then leaves us susceptible to so many dangerous things, including the space that you're in, which is I'm a ticking time bomb walking around because I haven't opened up enough to say, I don't have it together. I need help to get healthy. And before I know it, I suffer some awful disease and die that 
maybe could have been prevented had I just been a little bit more proactive. Absolutely, man. All of that is 100% true. I mean, vulnerability, I didn't say vulnerability, but that is the word I should have used besides openness. It's, it's exactly that word, that vulnerableness. And as you said, if we see a man being vulnerable, it's seen as weak. And mm-hmm. being a provider in the family, we don't want to be seen as weak. And if we're vulnerable to our kids or vulnerable to our wives, are we being seen as weak or strong? And sometimes it's a tension. And going back to this whole diet culture mentality, what I, you know, being open to, to change and to my daughter, I've already had to protect myself around it and, and how I talk about food. I, the way I talk about it with my clients, cause she's hearing, mm-hmm. right. Um, I have my own distorted history of body image history. Um, and that goes to my vulnerability. I was scared to talk about it with people. Um, I used to always wear a, a shirt into the pool a shirt to the beach because I was scared to show my body. Um, and that's a vulnerability point that I don't like talking about, Ryan. Um, when I was younger, I had man boobs. You would have asked me to say that about five years ago. I would have never said those words. Mm-hmm. I was too scared because I didn't know how to talk about it and how to empower other men that we can fight these things. We can get over these things and be the healthiest, best men for our families, for our yeah. businesses and for everything else. But being vulnerable is scary. It's, it's okay, serious crap. So, so there's something you said there, and I, I would love to hear your perspective. So I'm really challenged in society today because on one hand, I am very much, I'm a firm, firm believer in we have all been created in the image of God. Therefore, bearing God's image means we have infinite worth and, and, and value to us. Uh, at the And so like, love yourself for who you are. God created you to be that person. But the the extreme of that in culture, whether or not they ascribe to the Christian part of it or, or, or the biblical worldview is like, no matter how you look, no matter how unhealthy you are, be happy and, and celebrate that. Then the other swing side of it is, I love we're just swinging this pendulum all over the yeah. place today. Um, you know, the other swing side of it is um, you have to be in the best shape known to man. And, and we can just stick to like men here. Like, you know, you, you have to be totally ripped. You, if you're going to take your shirt off at the pool or the beach or the lake or whatever, man, you better have a six pack. And so I think both of those are unhealthy messages, uh, for, for different reasons, yep. but like, how, how do you keep guys, uh, in some sort of good balance to say, you can't, God forgive me for saying it like this, but you can't be a fat slob because that, that is not healthy. It's for you, your family, you know, everybody else, but also you can't be a narcissist that is so focused on this either. So how how do you coach like uh, that narrative when that's going on in my head? Like I I can't take my shirt off unless I look like this. And so therefore I'm just going to continue to not treat myself well, or the dad bod thing where everyone's got big beer bellies. And so, gosh, it's just a mess. Uh, gluttony, right? It's one of the seven sins. Uh, <laughs> you can't be, as you said, God forgive me, can't be a fat slob, right? That's yeah. not being a provider for your family either. And being totally ripped, you're sacrificing a lot of the time um, mm. that you're giving to your family because you have to do a lot of meal prepping. You have to do a lot of missing that time together that you may, let's say, for example, you like having a glass of wine with your wife. You're probably going to have to give that up. And that's time that you're spending with, with your family, right? Going out and having, let's say, a slice of pizza with your kids. For you to get that six-pack abs, you're most likely not going to be able to do that. Um, 
so the things we focus on is performance, right? The people I work with are athletes and active individuals. So we always have them focus on the things that are helping them perform better. Uh, there's even been people I've worked with that they have, it's A1C is your three month view of how your, your blood sugars are being used. So when someone has very high A1Cs, it's a, a, a factor for type two diabetes. And a lot of men are having problems with erectile dysfunction. So mm -hmm. sometimes performance can be in the bedroom, whatever that may look like that intimacy is being lost because mm. they are not taking care of their health, right? And I'm not trying to push it on sex. It's just like, it's one of the things that happens. And then- No, I, I love gym, that you did. And I'm happy, I'm yeah. like, I'm happy to go farther there because like two, two reasons. First of all, that's an untouchable discussion, you know, around even your closest of friends yeah. and being as transparent as possible. Like I, I've gone through waves uh, of, of that challenge, like through my life. And like, where do you go? what do you, what do you do? Right? Like nobody to turn to there. Cause no one's at, no one's ever taught me to talk about that. No, <laughs> at all. It's, it's a scary thing, especially because sometimes the only person you talk to is your doctor. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that doctor is another male. And sometimes it's a very closed off conversation because we're not even told how to pick healthcare practitioners. Mm -hmm. So now you're talking to someone about your sexual health when it's your overall health. And what they do is they tell you a headline that they read mm -hmm. is what you should do. And the reason I can state that I was lucky enough during the University of Florida to talk to their medical school students um, about nutrition. Mm -hmm. Brian, I was given one hour of their whole career as a medical student to talk about nutrition. I, don't, I, I could be the best speaker in the world. I don't think that one hour is <laughs> going to give them all the information they need. So now you have a, a doctor that's giving nutrition advice to someone about their sexual health and their type 2 diabetes when they're giving sometimes the worst advice. And you don't know who else to trust because now you've tried what your doctor said. It didn't work. You're still having problems with the bedroom and the intimacy with your family. And now you don't know where to go. So that's why when I talk about performance, it's not just in the bedroom. It's not just at the gym. It's who you've been the best person for yourself and your family. Like mm. how many guys have I worked with? They tell me, Tony, if I don't have an afternoon coffee, I don't have an afternoon energy drink. I can't even make it home. And when I get home, all I want to do is Netflix and pass out because they're so tired because their diets are so poor. Um, so they can't even perform in the bedroom. They can't perform at the gym. And then eventually they can't perform for their families. Mm -hmm. And when I say perform, I'm not saying that they're having an act, but they're not performing as a father. They're not performing as a husband because they're just following these poor diets that lead them to have all these challenges. So what I help them see is what are the performance enhancing effects we can get from our diet and nutrition that you don't need from a supplement? What are your yeah. performance enhancing effects you can get from the lifestyle you live that you can really enjoy so that when you go to the beach, when you go to the lake, when you go to the pool, you can take your shirt off and feel great mm -hmm. instead of being that dad that they make fun of because you have the dad bod and you have the big belly and all your friends, but you're feeling great. You're able to, yeah. to hit some PRs in the gym. You're having great sex or you're feeling great intimately, right? Mm -hmm. And then finally, you're just being the best dad you can be for your family which sometimes we, we tend to forget because we're just told work, 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 yeah. work, work. And that's really it. Right. Well, and I really appreciate that, especially back to the first word you used, which was in defining manhood, you said provider and we automatically go to financial provider, which we are called to do go out, work hard. Like you are, you are, it is a necessity for that to happen. But that that is overused and overemphasized and provider also means as you shared uh, various times like showing up 
being there, being a part of their life, supporting them. That's like providing yourself and the gifts and talents that God has given you to, to impart onto them and to give to them. So I just love how these things come together to say like, you know, just because your performance at work produces a a measurable visible outcome doesn't mean that's the only performance you contribute on a day in and day out basis. Um, and because we can't measure at home uh, necess- you know, uh, for the most part, doesn't mean that you just ignore that. Like we have to keep both of those in tension. And as a matter of fact, like I can hear you say, um, you know, I, I believe that we need to put more emphasis on how we quote unquote perform at home, um, whether it's relationally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, like that is far more important. And yet the majority of highly driven, successful, higher performing males focus on that less. I bet if we looked at a study, more men would hire a business coach versus a dietitian mm-hmm. because they want to do better in business, but they don't see where that correlation comes in with mm-hmm. their health um, and, and diet. And again, I've hired business coaches, so I can't deny that fact, but absolutely right. We're meant to provide just financially, but at home, it's almost like we forget about what we're doing because we've already done step one and we checked it off and that's almost it. And one of the things that my dad always tells me is like, I wish I had more time with you. And that's mm. always stuck with me. And that's why I just like reading on about you and listening to your podcast like that. Freedom to have time with my family is one of the most important things for me. But it's tough to break because yeah. we're told we need to be working 24-7 to provide for our families. Yeah. Well, and you know, I I argue all the time. And, and again, this goes back to kind of like that. It, it, it's stuff that we don't inherit and we're not taught, but you know, we don't most men don't stand on a very good foundation. Uh, and I don't want to take away from the Christian men that are standing on the foundation of their faith, which is the ultimate, ultimate foundation to stand on. But, but, but apart from that, most men don't know who they are. They, they really don't know what they stand for. Like they can probably rattle off a few things, but when you get into the deeper meaning as to why they really struggle. And so then when we start to step into all of these avenues of life, um, roles that we're called to, it just gets really confusing and we get lost. And so then we default to what what's natural, which is let's go perform in a metrics-based environment, which is why athletics is always amazing to, to, to model when we're trying to perform in other areas. But again, like people don't even see that, you know, the difference, I say this all the time, like I'm from Southern California, the difference between Mike Trout in center field for the angels and the guy that will never make it is far more his head and his heart than it is his hands and his strength. I mean, he's got to be agile and he's got to be fast and he's got to be strong, but there are a lot of people that can produce that same level of strength and output. What they can't do is they don't have the head and the heart working together in such a way that allows them to truly perform in that top 1%. And so then when we apply that to the home, the same thing goes. I mean, to be the superstar father, which we should all desire, the superstar husband, I mean, that takes us connecting on all levels, which means we need to go back to like, what do we value? What's most important to us? And what do we really want? Absolutely, Ryan. Uh, And what you said is reminded me of what course you're talking about the foundations to to freedom right that you're starting to do no because you said foundational right we need to know what those foundations are to be the best father husband 
And going back to that analogy, I worked with so many guys going through minor league camps. Hmm. Guys that had great batting averages, but they couldn't make it last mentally. Hmm. They couldn't perform in other realms. And they never made it anywhere because they just didn't have it. Those things that you spoke about, the same things as Mike Trout. They were agile. They had great batting averages, but mentally in other realms, they just couldn't produce. And it's so sad to see because talent can only get you so far. Um, One thing it's like peanut butter and jelly, mac and cheese, stars and stripes, talent and what? Mm -hmm. What is that thing that's completing that man? Because any talent you can have, but if you don't have that work ethic, you don't have that mentality to really get through there's you're not going to make it anywhere regardless in life with your family yeah that's right okay so you you have had a newer life transition you have a young daughter you said right daughter yes uh and so what have you and you've been at this profession for a long time so you've been Uh, I would say far more dialed in probably than most people as it relates to kind of connecting all these things together and getting yourself. But what's one thing that you have learned uh, since becoming a father that maybe surprised you or really challenged you in a way uh, that you hadn't been before? I always was taught, as I said earlier, about time with my family being important what has challenged me is how I manage my time and how I used to manage it versus now. When I didn't have a daughter, I was able to focus more on the gym, eating, working out, spending time with my wife. We could watch something on Netflix or HBO, the new series. Now I almost am like, how did I waste so much time doing that when I could have just been spending time with my wife at that time, right? Like we're still together. We love each other. But now I, I couldn't tell you the last Netflix series I saw. I couldn't tell you the last TV show I saw. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yes, sometimes I do watch TV and watch movies. But the time I'm spending with my daughter is way more precious than any of those things I've seen. And I think yeah. that's the thing that surprised me the most. And the other thing, I guess, the, the biggest thing was when I first held her in my arms, um, I immediately started to cry. I don't share that very often, Ryan, but I cried because I felt unconditional love. And I always hear about that from my dad and my mom, that when you have a kid, it's it's completely different. But that, I, I just started to cry. And I didn't know, like, it, it was just a great experience. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges, like crying in front of my wife, which I couldn't tell you how often I do, but it's not often. So doing that and, and the first time holding my daughter crying in front of her, like we're told as men that we shouldn't be crying in front of anyone, especially a, a daughter. Right. <laughs> um, so imagine the first thing she sees with her dad is her dad crying. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the world, baby girl. Um, yeah. But those two things just show my vulnerability, mm-hmm. I guess. And then also really managing my time. I didn't know how much of it I was actually wasting on things that really didn't matter. Yeah. No, you know, what I, what I really love about that is that, you know, I, I, we've all heard story after story of, um, human being, but let's just say men that, you know, lived a long life and, you know, if they had any regret, it was that they didn't spend enough time with the people that they love. We've all, 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 all heard that like more times than we could possibly ever imagine. And yet, 
until we are faced with an opportunity to lose that time, we don't really get it for ourselves. It's just so fascinating how that happens. And so obviously this one, like you, you have this daughter and it's child and, and, and she, all of a sudden is like, oh my gosh, like, I just, I start just, I start to see like, you know, this is where I want my time to be. Like it's this massive thing. And so it's kind of frustrating to me that that's what is required is like these big life events. Sometimes they're positive, like a child. Other times, like the one you shared with me offline, you know, sometimes you have to go through these devastating moments. Um, and, um, it's just, it's, it's almost a shame because it's like, why can't we just see hearing other people and then see for ourselves just how precious time is, particularly with the people that we know we so deeply love, but we end up spending so much of our life wasting it on things that kind of matter to don't matter at all. Yeah, I I, I wish I had the answer to that. <laughs> I think it's just... It's so true, Ryan. Like, I don't know why it takes these moments to really push us. I, I mean, I could tell you one time it didn't happen. And uh, when I was working as a dietitian, I worked in a hospital for a little bit. I was interning. Hmm. And a man just had open heart surgery. And he had a tube coming out of his chest, blood coming out just to get the liquid out. And I walk in and he says to me, are you the food guy? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm the dietitian. I don't run the kitchen, but yeah, I am the food guy. I'm here to talk to you a little bit about um, heart health. And he said to me, I don't give an F about that. If you can't get me fried chicken and mac and cheese, get the F out of my room. And I was like, but you just had open heart surgery. And he's like, yeah, that means I, I'm back to new so I can eat whatever I want. So sometimes it's the flip side of that where we we are taught in this new society that if we can get the quick fix, we can keep doing our old habits. Yeah, that's good. So it's almost sometimes the men that take action takes big moments and sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes these big moments, we almost pass by and don't allow us to change for the better. We continue in our old habits. And I think that's almost a bigger shame than a big moment changing you for the better, but a big moment doing nothing for you and you keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Gosh. No, I mean, and, and and that hits me square between the eyes because, I mean, my parents divorced when I was six. Um, I mean, I was young, but you figured I would have learned a little bit better about kind of like the rights and wrongs of marriage and parenting and things like that. I didn't. Um, you <laughs> no know, one ever then, does, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, just like troubles and, and challenges through high school and my early 20s and then getting married and almost divorced, almost getting divorced from my wife. And you think I would have learned then. And I kind of did, but not completely. And then we went through financial ruin in uh, two, that finalized in 2013. And you think that I would have completely learned then. Uh, and then it took all the way to 2017 and me being shot at and losing a friend. And then it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, I've been wasting so much of my life, my headspace on so many things. Like, and the worst part there was at that point, my life was actually pretty good, but even pretty good 
was not near what I believed I was called to. And so it took me like five really good lumps uh, to, to get it. <laughs> I, I, I am praying that I have it, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm like, Lord, I don't need any more. I get it. I get I it. Got it. But I know that there's these things inside of me that will default back to just the stupidity and, and forgetfulness of like, no, I got this. I, I don't need to continue to push in this area anymore. It's just so easy to default to it's it, it's okay or it's good. And again, contentment should be celebrated. Be content with your hard work and, and what you have. I'm not saying not to do that, but it's like, I'm not just going to sit on my hands when I have an opportunity to impact my, I mean, my, my wife, my, uh, my kids, the people around me, my clients. I mean, right for you, it's the same thing. It's like you have this opportunity to impact, impact and influence the health of these men that are going to go out and have an impact on the world. I mean, you have such an opportunity before you. Yeah, the lumps, man. I love that word. I think if we, if we could sum this up, it's, it'd be like, the less lumps, the better. <laughs> it's going to be the title of my book. Lumps, yeah. <laughs> the better because it, you don't have to, if you can figure it out in just one lump, I think mm. it'd be better. But I, these lumps make or break us because some, as you said, sometimes it takes five. For yeah. some men, it takes 10. Yeah. For some men, it's too late and they've gone to the end and they're like, oh my gosh, what can I, what should I have done? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's as we're young, we just need to, you know, younger, uh, we need to look at those stories and say, I don't want to wait for the massive lump. And I also don't want to wait till the end of my life to get it. Absolutely. And it's scary because in a time where you can invest in cryptocurrency and you can make millions overnight and the next day lose it all, how do you know when the right time is? And I, mm. I think the right time is always now. And it's just to take action. And it, but it's scary, man. It's it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, kind of landing the plane here, I'm just interested to hear, and I, and I kind of think I would know the direction you're going to go with this answer, but I want to hear it. So um, you are a husband, you are a father, you own a business. Uh, and so as you think right now, God forbid today was your last day on earth. Like this is the last conversation we have. What is it that you want to be most known for as a man in this world today? I would say my family values, which are our family health and honesty. Um, someone that was a family man, someone that was healthy and someone that was honest. Um, every time my family and I make a decision, we go over those three things. And if it affects one negatively, whether it's family, whether it's health, whether it's honesty, then we don't do it. If we have to lie about something, it's not worth doing. If we have to break our health mentally, physically, spiritually, not worth doing. If it's going to break our family apart, not worth doing. So I think if I were to be remembered as a man in this moment, this is the last conversation I like to be remembered for those three values. And, and that's what I stood for. I love that. I think that's just, that that's great. Um, well, thank you. I mean, it, you, it was great. Like I, I got yeah. the benefit of, I got to know you better. So for all you out there listening, you're just, you're like the second benefit here. Like I got the first benefit because I got to get to know Tony better. So, I mean, I appreciate the time. I mean, obviously you're in a totally different time zone. What time is it there right now? 12, 12 in the morning. In the morning? 
I didn't even yeah. realize that it's three twelve, uh, three thirteen yep. now on the West Coast. So good <laughs> lord, you are you put in some work for this. So thank you for that. I appreciate right. the time. Thank you. I'm looking forward for you to come back to the states for us to hopefully be able to get together in October uh, when we all get together. That would be wonderful. So thank you, Tony. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me on. It, it was great, man. Thank no, you. it's awesome. And for you guys out there, I mean, especially you men, um, there were a couple of like really sensitive uh, topics there that I think that more of you need to think about. Um, I mean, even when we talk about something as simple as showing up for your wife at home, uh, performing there, the, the, the sexual component, which literally impacts every other component of your relationship, whether you like it or not. Um, these are the things that you need to talk to somebody about. Um, and so I'm going to put Tony's contact information into the show notes. Um, his business, Nutrition for Performance, it is wrapped up in this whole idea. And so you can connect with him. You can reach out and ask him any questions you want, if that's something you want to do, whether it's that topic or just more, or uh, I'm not. we're not going to share it here, but he has a crazy, crazy story of uh, having to protect his wife from gunshots uh, that you should you should talk to him about. So it'd be great to schedule a call and even talk to him about that. Um, other than that, if you have questions, comments, concerns, feedback, if, there, if, if you need just to have a conversation, there's some kind of uh, uh, something that you're struggling with and you need somebody objective, if you're afraid to talk to somebody that is close to you, I will be here for you. I will do my best to support you in any way that I can. I value the fact that you're here, that you're listening, that you're watching, that you're engaged into this, my desire to impact as many men as possible is so we can become the men that God has created us to be, which I believe is the key to turning so much of the struggle that we see in this world around. So with that, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, Tony, again, thank you so much. Uh, you guys just do what you can to be the authentic version of yourself. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.